Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Informed Informer, the audio version. My name is Graham, part of the CRVA team at the Charlotte Airport. And of course, you know, CRVA is uh, Charlotte Regional Visitors Authority. And with me today, I've got the pleasure to host the uh, team from uh, the Convention Center and all of the other regions that are under our tutelage. And I'd like to start by introducing Ms. Betsy Gustafsson, who is our real host of the day. <laughs> and uh, with me also, we've got uh, Shmiz Evans. Mr. Lester is also with us. Merrily and Peter are with us, along with Dee Viapando, who is the manager at our airport team. We have just been joined by Ruby. So we've got people still joining us, but we are going to open the floor to the salutations of Betsy. Hello, Betsy. Hi, Graham. Thank you so much for hosting us today. We're thrilled to be here with you and we enjoy your podcast. Uh, you're, you. We had listened to your one about eating a hamburger and I've never found a hamburger so visual, just hearing the description of it. So you have quite a, a talent. So thank you for, for hosting us today. Thank you very much. And if you will, please introduce us to the team and give them the opportunity to tell us about themselves. Sure, sure. I'll um, in introduce them. I think you had mentioned their names and then they can tell you maybe how long they've been with the company, uh, what maybe a passion of theirs is, and then we'll send it back to you, Graham. Certainly. So. I've been with the CRBA about 11 years, and I started as a visitor information specialist. I now manage the uptown locations, and I can't say anymore how much I adore our team. We just have such a, a treasure trove of talent and great personalities and people skills. So we've got, um, I think you mentioned Shimmy Sevens with us, Marilee Three, Peter Booth. Ruby and, and Lester are both of the Wallace team, <laughs> and uh, Christie's in the background, some more join us, so. That's a little bit about me. I love people too, Graham. You mentioned you love people in general. And that's what drew me to this position. I love my city and, and talking to people. Hi, everyone. Um, it's Shamise Evans. What a pleasure to be here today. I have been with the team for about four years. I'm a native of the Charlotte area, and I love the city. I love a lot that our team brings to the table, and I'm just so excited to be here today. Thank you. Marilee? I'm Marilee. I've been with the CRVA for almost seven years. I started out as an information specialist. I'm now the retail coordinator, which means I kind of work in the uh, gift shops that are associated with the visitor info center. I work on keeping the inventory, hopefully, in line, getting new products in, working with our point of sale system and things like that. And I thoroughly enjoy meeting and greeting all of our guests that come in. Peter? Yeah, yeah. As Peter, I've been with the visitor information team for about two and a half years. I'm usually over at the Uptown location, so if you're ever around there, pop your head in and say hello. And um, one of my passions is traveling. I've been to over, I think, I think about 12 countries, over 30 states. Um, and then still my, my favorite destination is, uh, is Charlotte, of all the places I've been to. Ruby? Hi, I'm Ruby Wallace. Been at the at CRVA since September part time. I'm a retired public health nurse. Enjoy socializing, 
traveling. So working, especially at the Uptown location, has just really been a lot of fun out with my teammates and meeting new people internationally and locally. So it's good to see everyone's face. And Lester, who we affectionately call Wallace when we're at the Visitor Center. (laughs) Good evening, everybody. Good afternoon. I'm sorry. I'm Wallace, and I'll just leave it at that. But uh, I started in 2016, and I've enjoyed it. Just a good group of people to work with, learn from, meeting people from around the world. I'm kind of, there's certain people, there's something I've really, really enjoyed meeting. And when they come to their three or four day conferences, we have a little conversation almost each day. And it really makes it really refreshing that sometimes people really appreciate your friendliness, your candor. And it's, it's been a blast for me. So far, so good. Great. Hand it back to you, Graham. Fantastic. Do you still with us, aren't you? Yeah, I am still here. My my connection might just be a little bit spotty because I'm on the road, but I... I'm on the road um, again. Yeah, I'm trying to get back to Charlotte, which is home, which is home for all of us. So, yeah, I have been with CRBA almost... Nine and a half years now, but a good chunk of that one, my first five years, was working as a part-time until I became full-time four and a half years ago. So, yep, I love travel and, I mean, experiencing different cuisines. Like, I really, really have a certain love for food. And like I said in our newsletter, I will try any food at least once as part of learning cultures. And I'm so glad that the airport has afforded me that opportunity to meet people from all walks of life. So I just love the job that we do. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. We are happy to have you all. And uh, so we're going to start this conversation as a rapid fire. And if you had a chance to listen to the first episode we did with the airport team, this talk will center around uh, what we've been through for for the past few months and how that has changed, not necessarily changed, but how do we foresee that we will approach the work we do on a daily basis? So first and foremost, I'd like to know for you, when did you realize that this was going to be bigger than we expected, than we foresaw? When did you realize that Basically, COVID-19 came to stay and came to change our lives. I'd like to start with Shamiz. Well, I would say I found out about this particular virus and the impact of it very early. As a mother of a son who attends a international school, he his classmates were heavily affected by this. It was limiting some travel for the students. So some of the parents got together to just see how we could come together. So I learned about it very, very early because we have a lot of people in the Chinese region of the world. So knew it was early, didn't realize it would be as long, but definitely um, it has changed the way we will look at travel in the future. And uh, Mary Lee? Um, I think it hit me probably mid-April after we had been out of the office for about a month. I think initially I thought it would, you know, have a big impact for a lesser time. And I think it was in April when they extended the stay-at-home order that I realized, oh, this we're in this for the long haul. This is not, this is not going to be one and done. I mean, this is, you know, 
going to be life changing. So yeah, it was about mid April. Miss Ruby. Oh, I don't know. Well, it's interesting. I think we got a preview of all of this from Betsy's son, who is stationed in, was it China? Yeah. And so it's just interesting. It was so far away, didn't really think it would be as impactful as it has been. But just, I think, hearing what was going on there months before we got, you know, before it really hit and hit us the way it did. Then in public health, you know, when, when they started gradually making little concept, uh, you know, doing things or changing things, it sort of really, you know, set my signal up as far as getting prepared. And, but, it, you know, it's, it's definitely a lot longer than what I thought it would be as far as the, the, the lasting impact and the shelter at home. Very well, Mr. Lester. <laughs> I kind of really kind of paid attention probably, well, first, I was listening to the experts uh, versus someone pushing for openness or force or, or bullying, which is part of their uh, character. But anyway, I listened to the experts and about, maybe about in March, to be honest with you. And then you started hearing information from other countries, um, how they're trying to deal with it. And we were, we always seem to be three, four weeks behind in everything. And we still are behind, but it's going to, it's going to change our life. And I think it's, maybe more than, you know, six months, the only weapon we have is the distance and wearing the mask when you go out in public. We don't have the vaccine yet. That's going to be the only, that'll be the other weapon that we have. If it may take six months, may take another year, but it's going to be a serious change, I think, for all of us, how we take care of ourselves, take care of of other people, with the sympathetic other people, their, their needs, concerns, things of that sort. So, I think it's going to change a little while, maybe for some of us, for the rest of our lives. But we just have to, I think, follow the guidelines of the experts, and that will help us. And I'm glad the governor is standing, maintaining his stance, Governor Cooper. He may be, maybe cost him a re-election, but obviously he's concerned about the people of North Carolina. Absolutely. Peter? Um, yeah, so I think I first learned about it sometime in, in January. And I think um, what really kicked it off for me, realizing, you know, how, how big it, it is. And I think it was maybe March 12th or the 13th, one of the NBA players got it, Rudy Gobert, the Utah Jazz. And the NBA shut down, and that's kind of what kicked things off for it. It was like they were the first ones to do it. And then right after that, I think, you know, within the next couple of days, uh, you know, pretty much the whole country shut down uh, um, right, at, right after the NBA kind of started it off. And so I think that's when I kind of started – realizing you know uh, the magnitude of the situation uh, my cousin actually ended up getting it and lives in Boston I just found out the other day so you never know as the days go on um, who could be affected by it and it's a very sensitive subject for a lot of people um, and we all have to do our part to to flatten the curve Um, I know numbers are kind of skyrocketing right now since uh, phase two opened back up which is you know, it needs it needs to be a reminder for people to, you know, not forget about this thing. And it's still, it's still, um, you know, gaining momentum. And uh, we all need to do our part and, um, and um, not letting this thing spread. Uh, Betsy. Well, two phases. Ruby mentioned I have a son actually living in China. And as much as I love to travel, most of my life has been 
pretty close to home. I only traveled outside North America a couple of years ago, actually, to visit the same sun. So this was a really big deal to go to China. It took a while to get our visas. We were excited. We were supposed to go in February. And right after, I think, New Year's or around that time, we started, you know, having serious discussions with my son that that's probably not going to take place if that was not going to take place. <laughs> so then we thought, well, maybe in the summer, you know, when it just, you know, it's, it's as Ruby said, it's, it's gone on here in the United States much longer uh, than I think we anticipated. So who knows? But that's when, and then um, as Peter said, I think I was very um, sports fan too. So when the NBA shut down, that showed, I think the seriousness of it here from a, it's a huge organization and, and driven by fan finances and that kind of thing. And so for them to make that decision was, was very serious. Yeah, that's, that's, that's when you know that stuff is happening when sports decide, yeah, we're going to stay in. We're not coming out there. And it, D, I think D has a very interesting perspective in, in yes. when she discovered COVID-19 being like, seriously, you were still hopeful that we weren't going to have to, you know, take some measures until those measures were taken. And then you were like, hmm, not cool. <laughs> yep, exactly. And I believe we have talked about it at some point um, during the past times that we have met for a, for chit chat. And honestly, it really didn't hit me, like the magnitude of how it will affect us really didn't hit me until we were kind of like forced to close the visitor info center at the airport. And, you know, you know, for a fact that that visitor information center is open 365 days. And the only times that we would close that center is when we have to do our staff meetings for about an hour and a half to two hours and that was it it's open from 7 45 in the morning until 11 o'clock in the evening and sometimes it would stay on open when the need arises especially when we do have distressed um, passengers in the airport and with a little bit of like back and forth with the airport and with CRVA, knowing the fact that there are so many things to consider um, prior to closing up. And when we finally decided, well, when CRVA, our executive director, Mike Butts, said like, okay, it's your call, D. Like, you decide. What are we going to do? And I was like trying to like weigh in everything. And all I thought about was the fact that I mean, the staff is more important and this has to close shop, especially when we have members in our team who are very vulnerable age-wise and with underlying conditions too. And when Mike Butts said, you decide, you make the recommendation and we'll support you. And I was just so thankful that CRVA gave us that opportunity. And I just said, okay, we'll close out for the first time after after so many years working for that center, this was the longest time that we were on a break other than one, two hours for staff meeting. Yes. I have to say, and you probably have heard me say this before, I've been throughout this entire time watching corporate America's behavior and how essential associates or essential employees became a thing only in certain cases just so 
some businesses didn't have to close, not necessarily because they were essential. And I have to say, your CRVA's behavior towards us as employees has been that of responsible leadership and responsible corporate citizenship. Because by all account, CRVA could have said, we stay the course and we, 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 do, we do what we do every day because we are essential. But to be involved with an organization that definitely takes, prioritizes our health, our well-being, in saying we do what we can to keep you safe. Not a lot of employed people in this country have had this kind of uh, backing and opportunity. So that's a fantastic thing. And in, in that thread, I'd like to ask, so... What we never saw coming was the fact that at some point in our life, we would be confined to the four walls of our homes. And in many cases, we know that we live with people that we feel close to because they are family, they are our spouses, our children, um, our in-laws, our elderly and stuff. But the fact of the matter is, when we think about it, we spend more time with the people we work with as opposed to the people that we live with. And so this time, it was our turn to spend time with those people that we live with. And I'd like to know how that went for you, how this entire quarantine season, how did you cope with it? What helped you through it? And at this point, I'd like to start with Peter. Uh, sure. I think what helped me in the beginning, I remember maybe the first month or so, just the weather was so gorgeous. Um, I remember, I don't think it rained the first two months of the quarantine. It was like sun, sunny, 70 degrees um, pretty much the whole time. So I tried to spend a lot of time out on my back deck. I wasn't spending time with many people outside of my two roommates. So I got, I got real comfortable with them. You know, we helped each other through it. Spent a lot of time hanging out with each other, uh, making meals together, just staying positive about the whole situation. And then uh, I think recently my mom had a hip replacement surgery. And so um, I started going over there to help her out. So I was able to see her. And then also um, I've been working with my dad too, fixing up houses, rental houses and things like that. So that helps keep me busy and keep my mind off off things. So You had it good, man. (laughs) (laughs) Ruby. Well, like Peter said, it fortunate it was warm the first week or so when all this happened. So been spending a lot of time on my little front porch. But then it got cool and it rained a lot. And so been doing a lot more cooking. Seem like on Facebook, somebody everybody's got a page on some meal that they a recipe. So I've been doing a lot of those. And just giving each other space, you know, it's, it's, you know, you, you live with somebody, but everybody still needs to have their own space from, from often in order to be able to continue to live happily within the confines of the space. In. And then sometimes when, you know, we just, just need a little change of scenery, we just get in the car and just go riding. I'm just riding through uptown or just riding maybe in an area of Charlotte that we wouldn't have necessarily, you know, taken the time to do that. But that's just sort of what has sort of helped us get 
through this and doing maybe some drive, um, you know, since we can't, we have to social distance doing some what we call driveway visits with maybe friends or our, our family. So, but we are at least able to see their face from a distance. Yeah, I, I like the idea of driveway visit, meaning I'll come to your house, sit in your driveway, call you on my phone, talk to yeah. you and say bye-bye. I love that. <laughs> Don't right. be coming in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and That's a lot a- of people just drive up on the curb and we'll just, we can sit from a good distance and we can just t- chit-chat. Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. should stay as, you know, become part of the costume. You, know? <laughs> like, you see, you're not contagious, but I still will stay in my car and talk to you. <laughs> uh, Mr. Wallace, go ahead. Lester. Would you? Oh, Wallace. Okay. Oh, I agree, with I agree with everything that lady named Ruby said. Thank goodness for her. I'm surviving in a good way, in a good way. But it it's just a lifestyle as far as doing things that you may wouldn't really do, or you may be more conscious as far as maybe doing this, that, or the other. But and we do keep out distance in a nice way. She's out on the porch. I'm down in the garage, my little. But uh, but it's good to do things together. That's the main thing. So I'm blessed. Right. Uh, so I have to say we did not quite catch a lot of what you said there because. I think we've got a bit of a lagging, uh, so we'll 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 probably be able to come back to you. Just a reminder: one that if we get timed out, you can certainly hit the same link again, and we'll take it from there. But there's quite a bit of uh, time for that, so I'd like to drop it on Marilee's lap now. <laughs> well, we have been staying home a lot. Fortunately. Uh- my husband and I are both rather introverts, so we don't require a lot of, you know, people around us all the time. So that's been, a, I guess, a blessing in a way. As time went on, of course, you know, I miss my coworkers and, and being around people. What was the hardest for us initially is, um, I don't know, I can't remember exactly when the home order went into effect, but we had a grandson born March the 17th that we did not get to see until Mother's Day. Um, as far as like touching, feeling, holding, we did several porch visits, like Ruby was talking about. We would go and you know leave things on their doorstep. We would chat, see him through the window kind of thing. Did the same kind of thing with my parents who lived close by. We did a lot of porch visits and driveway visits. After several weeks of you know, kind of being in isolation ourselves. They were in isolation. We felt comfortable, you know, going into their home because none of us had been anywhere. You know, my husband's been doing a lot of yard work, um, doing some, you know, home maintenance kind of things around the house when I've been working. So, you know, we're getting through, but I'm I'm ready for it to end. <laughs> yes, it's definitely tough, man, about the uh, about the uh, baby. Um, uh-huh. You know, that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do is to not, you know, not be around him and then, of course, not be able to help my daughter. Um, So she and her husband, I mean, it was sick or swim. I mean, they had nobody to help them for the first, you know, eight weeks. So, yeah. I'm I'm sorry that was the case because I know, I I know the feeling. I, I can, I can tell that. 
you know, is it's definitely a tough thing to go through, especially the porch visits in that particular case, isn't it? Yeah. Right. So, Shamiz, tell me about you. Well, um, the team knows, and anyone that knows me, I am the opposite of introvert. I love to be outdoors, and I am an environmentalist. So let's say it was very, day one, I had to be outside. So luckily, we have a backyard, and we live near a greenway. So we were out pretty often, again, until I realized that um, for safety, we would definitely have to withstand from people. Very early on, I had a birthday, and my friends were at my house. It was like that start of parade. It was like, knock, knock. Where's your door? Oh, no, you can't come in. So I don't think initially, even though it was serious for us, because we do have a, a member of our family who is a part of the immune compromised person, we were really, really strict on who we would allow in. But we continue to get knocks on the door. And we are really excited to be going into phase two or to have phase two. But like I said, it was very hard in the beginning. Um, I just, we get outside, even if I was just laying in my backyard, you know, it definitely was very, very difficult. And I'm looking forward to seeing all your faces. I think Zoom has definitely helped us because I haven't been close to anyone. Haven't been able to give my mom a hug or my dad a hug. And um, so as an extrovert, it's been very difficult. I would love Zoom and podcasts. I definitely live for those. And one thing I, I probably shared before with our team, because of that, it did affect, you know, my mood because I'm used to talking to people. So I have a lot of happy books. I took a course on Coursella about happiness offered by Yale. And it just t- teaches you to be happy with yourself and ways internally to put that energy in other places. So surrounded by a lot of love, but still love people and um, love the outdoors. So it's been a process. Yeah, been a process. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, Betsy. Hi. Well, being the manager is kind of like being the mom. And so my children got scattered and my heart was broken. And I thought <laughs> it was too sentimental during this. Seeing your faces just means the world to me. And um, so trying to, my focus in these two, I know, is just to still try to have some soft touches with everybody, not be too invasive, but trying to have, you know, the right amount of communication. And we came up with the newsletter is one way to do that. Had a little game because we saw that as a training opportunity. Trivia that has floated around in our head for <laughs> all these years. We're like, let's, you know, try to make a game out of it, you know, see who fills up to, you know, answering and that kind of thing. And then just when we realized we obviously we're going to get back and do the experiential tour. That's always a great opportunity. You know, Graham, um, when we go out together, the two teams get together. I love those. I love those. (laughs) I've got so many pictures of you smiling and butterflies and then gardens and (laughs) meeting and that kind of thing. So it was a, it was really the only opportunity during the year that the airport team and the uptown teams really come together. And that's just such a valuable time to be together and reconnect. Uh, there's always new faces or people you haven't talked to that much. So, and thank you for doing this today. This is so special to see you and hear Dee and, and get to connect with you and your vibrant personality and skills. And um, so that was a big focus for me was just trying to reach out to all of you. And I uh, got to see the, you know, the new baby from Marilee. She would send me pictures and Shamise would send me like Charlotte, Charlie did a finger painting and toe painting. <laughs> So just to share some of those special moments with people was just was great. So I appreciate every one of you, Ruby, 
Wallace either um, everybody that's you know reached out to me too or shared just a little snippet here and there and, and participated in the newsletter so that was my focus and I'm here my ch three children are grown one of my sons has popped in a couple of times and so that's been great but again we went to see my mom and I didn't hug her either so it, it is tough and but my husband's been good because sometimes I would stay at the office really you know fairly late um I don't know if I was that productive, but I would stay just to finish some things up. But now that we're here at five o'clock, he's like, okay, what are you wrapping it up? You know, let's, let's eat, let's do yoga, let's spend some time together. So that's been a positive to just kind of have that time with him too. Fantastic. All right, so let me ask you a question. So a show of hands, if you have uh, built up a vegetable garden, like one of those victory gardens. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I have to tell you, uh, I've got tomatoes. Gardening has been good to me. I have no idea what I'm doing, but somehow I managed to get tomatoes. How about you guys? <laughs> no tomatoes yet. So I suppose we can obviously throw the question back to Dee, who apparently did not hear us the first time. Dee? Yes, sir. So please tell us how you dealt with your uh, confinement. Um, it wasn't really that difficult for me. Um, I mean, Gemini's have dual personalities. So it's like, I'm fine just being at home too, but would appreciate the opportunity to go out whenever there's an opportunity to. The most difficult part for me was most likely that part, like, Betsy has mentioned like how managers like us would be able to keep the entire team engaged despite not working at our designated workplaces. So that's, that's the biggest adjustment that we have to make, plus the fact that we have to deal with us adjusting to it ourselves. Like how do we help out? How do we extend I mean, that feeling and that thought to the entire, the entire team as well. So those were the challenges. But, I mean, as you just go along, you'll just, you'll just figure things out. So I guess that's just what Betsy and I got. Okay, so she must have uh, hit a, a dead zone or something. <laughs> so here's what I would like to do before we move on. You know, this thing was in, is still a reality that we are living through and most of us it seems like the entire team on both ends have managed to survive it unscathed having said that i'd like to know to what degree how close has this thing hit home to you do you know how, would you like to share of anyone you knew or you know that um get hit by it and how that affected you personally. I know this might well be a, a trigger moment because, you know, some of the people we've lost are folks that, of course, ordinarily we would have had an opportunity to see at least once before. And without knowing it, perhaps that occasion would have signified a goodbye but this happened and we found ourselves missing that opportunity so you do not have to share if you if you don't feel like 
Paul, uh, if you would please, go ahead and tell us how, in what, to what degree, you have been you have been affected closely by it. Um, who would you would like to start? I don't, don't want to put anybody on the on the spot. Um, please feel free. Well, I, I can say a little something. Um, I have two friends that it affected. I, I didn't know the the people that passed away, but I have a, a friend whose mother is from France. And so she has a lot of family there. So when it went through fan, France, she lost an uncle, my friend did. And then I have another close friend that has a, her parents were living in Colorado and her father was in a nursing home. It's not called that anymore, Graham. I can't you know, assisted care facility type thing, I guess it is. And he passed away as well. It kind of swept through there. So those are two people. And then I don't know if you're going to ask about this, so I don't want to get ahead of you, but I feel like everybody on this team and everybody um, has had some sort of life event that was missed as well. Um, are you, were you going to touch on that later, Graham? I don't want to get ahead. Uh, that is a fantastic point. So yes, of course, we can actually intertwine that question with the one well, that I've already posed. So yes, fantastic. On another personal note, then I have a grown son with autism and he has been able to go to college, but because of his condition, he can only really take a couple of classes at a time. The process is a little slower and he gets very nervous. If he has too much to do. So he's been in college for about nine years and he was going to graduate this spring. So he was very excited. He'd ordered his cap and gown and, you know, obviously that got put off. So that was, you know, a little bit of sadness. Thankfully, he understands the seriousness and the gravity and he's hopeful that, you know, we can do something in the future. But um, that was a, a little bit of a tough moment personally. Yeah, that's definitely uh, tough. Isn't it? Anyone else? And fortunately, I haven't really known anyone who has actually had COVID-19, but I do have a son-in-law who is a first responder. He's a fireman. So he's been, I don't know that he has been exposed, but he has having to be out there every day with that possibility and taking, you know, just lots of precautions. So therefore, that's kept me from seeing my other daughter. Because, you know, they live together. She doesn't want to expose anyone to anything possible. And I do have a lot of friends in the healthcare industry that have been affected just by working and, you know, that kind of thing. So, Ruby, would you like to chime in? (laughs) Our son-in-law is the director of a long-term care facility here in Charlotte. But unfortunately, they did not have any an outbreak, you know, they really started early. And so, you know, that sort of has, has impacted, like you said, our, our contact with the family, just because of what if, you know, that he could be, you know, just being around him, he could be carrier or whatnot. So, you know, that, that has been really our closest impact is just having not been able to be as close to our daughter and her family just because of his, his job. And so just have to, you know, use all these precautionaries in order to, you know, try to stay safe. Yeah. Shamiz? I would say, of course, this time has changed my perspective. In the last six months, I've lost three family members. They were not necessarily due to COVID, but they are still losses that have shaped my 
my willingness to go out and to be, you know, acceptable to these type of um, interactions. So I just am living and enjoying and I'm sympathetic to families and their grief. I realize this is a very, very difficult time as I also was scheduled to celebrate some big um, accomplishments. This may, again, I'm just very appreciative because typically when I do things, I do them for myself, not necessarily for recognition. And I and I am just very thrilled that I was able to accomplish something so big. And so um, that's big enough, but I definitely am looking forward to celebrating life. And I know that as we go through this thing together, we all will be different, but I am definitely hopeful that we will all appreciate one another and love each other as we have them and, and appreciate the interactions with people as, as we go about this journey together. We're in this together. So it makes me available to talk to people if they are going through grief and just being a listening ear. I'm not great on advice, but I do like to listen. So yeah, I think that I, I this experience has just de- definitely taught me to appreciate my family as I have them, be cautious, but to enjoy the life that we got because every day is not promised, unfortunately. So Every day is not promised. That is <laughs> wisdom beyond wisdom. Fantastic. Peter? Um, yeah, so I think I mentioned earlier that I just found out recently my cousin has COVID. Luckily, that's the only person I, that I know of um, that's had it. Um, he's doing fine. Um, he didn't need to be hospitalized or anything. He got sick, but I think he's recovering. But one thing I found interesting was that, you know, maybe people, it doesn't hit home for a lot of people, maybe because you don't know anyone that's had it. But um, statistics show that actually chances are, even though you don't know, other people have had it that they have and that's one of the you know most alarming things about this is that um, it can spread so quickly without knowing that your loved ones could get it and so um that that should be you know a constant reminder for us to do the right thing because even if you don't have it um, everyone knows that you can spread it regardless so uh, i've been lucky lucky um, not to have um, be personally affected by it with with people that i know and, and my loved ones but you never know, you know, this thing is still going strong. And so um, it's just important that we all do our part. Yes, doing our part is important, in, if not for us, for at least the people around us. I'd like to formally thank Mary Lee for being here with us. And we know that you have to step out of this meeting. And so it was great to have you. Thank you very much for your input in, um, and uh, hopefully we will, as the Queen said, we will see each other again very soon. I enjoyed it, Graham. Thank you for having us. So, yes. So moving on into the part of it that I've known, I know some people that are no longer with us uh, thanks to COVID. But again, when it comes to our own loss, I think this is a collective grieving process that we've been going through. When you when you watch TV, when you listen to the news, and you hear of how many people as a country we lose on a daily basis, you can't help but feel the grief. So this is a moment that we haven't had since the early 1920s. We, we have not we haven't lived through a pandemic like this for almost a hundred years. And I don't think our psyches is a costume to going through this collective type of grief. And so one thing that I know we're all 
we're all about these days is the ability to keep our minds healing, safe, find a place in, in, in our you know, head where we can keep sanity. Because when everything is said and done, the kind of job that we do, that customer experience that we provide, sometimes we don't know how much of it is healing other people's pains. And sometimes we don't know how much of what we do is providing solace to people that we encounter. On a personal note for me is, I think I communicated to Betsy earlier this year that uh, my 19-year-old son had been selected to go to Europe for a year to play professional soccer. And that was supposed to happen in August. But all sports, every single sport got suspended. And so that was pushed back to September. But he himself has communicated to me and my wife that he no longer wants to do it because he does not want to risk going to Europe and getting sick away from his family, which I have to understand because though that would have been his own accomplishment, and I know how hard he's worked for that, but also he has made it a priority to to stay alive. <laughs> and uh, that's a choice he's made. And much in the same way that we were behind him when the opportunity arose, we are also behind him with this decision that he's made. But it doesn't cease to be a bit of a sting, isn't it? Because we we certainly know how hard he's worked and uh, how much he was looking forward to to that. And so let me get to this question that I think is the most important of all. The work we do, how do you see us moving forward? We are the smile people. We are the welcome people. We have a responsibility to be the smiling faces of Charlotte. And how do you how do you show that welcome feeling in a new era of smiling under a mask? How do you see this happening? Talk to me, folks. I'd like to start with Ruby, actually. Ruby, Ruby, you seem you, you seem to have something to say right now. <laughs> the visual that I got when you asked that question was a mask with a smile on it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's immediately what just came to. <laughs> so that's what they see is a smile. Um, and to me, that would convey safety, but still open to what their needs might be. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about the creepiness of the smile on the mask. But... <laughs> But yeah, that, that's that's certainly an idea, of course. Shamiz, <laughs> uh, what do you think? And I just think, you know, it's just still there are a lot of unknowns. I mean, it just, you know, some of this, I think everybody's going to thought I have to make some things up as they go to just sort of 
try to figure it all out. And I think the the main takeaway, I think, is that every you know everybody doesn't have the answers. You know, we you know there there are going to be changes. You know, just like when this first started, you know, there were certain things they told us to do. Then they added on some other precautions. So I just think we have to be open to what we will need to do to uh, keep everyone safe as well as meet the needs of our guests. We, we will definitely need a, a more open mind than we ever did. Don't we? I think you're absolutely right, Ms. Ruby. Shamiz, uh, I was throwing it to you too. Yeah, well, to piggyback <laughs> off what Ms. Ruby said, I would say we are a people first industry. We find our passion in making people's day. And that will continue to live on and we will evolve, we will adapt, we will thrive in this opportunity to showcase what we have always been. We are a diverse community of innovators. So I do not doubt for a second that this is something that we will do together. Again, committing to community, committing to being, putting, you know, putting people first. A smile that we offer, and I'm pretty famous for this smile too, I, you know, just It's internal. It's something that we feed ourselves and then we're able to give that to other people. And even when you don't find that joy internally, it's easy because you know that what we do matters. Our work that we do as visitor information specialists, it matters. And, you know, if you're familiar with that concept of free hugs, we have that free smile. It's free. It's endless. It's very hard to do if... You don't know that your work matters, but what we do, we know that it does. And I think that being a part of a team with such great leadership who create an environment of safety, I mean, they have went above and beyond on many um, occasions to make myself feel safe. And I know that we will be able to provide an environment for our guests the same. So I think it's going to be really easy for me personally, and I'm sure the members of our team to continue to innovate and to adapt to this change. So thanks for that great question. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge. I want to welcome people back to our city with open arms. I know we have the best food. Let me say one thing. I went to Noda last night. I, I lived there before Wesley Heights. But anyway, I went to Noda last night. Our people, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Things are going to come back around. And I'm just very thankful to be a part of this team um, that'll be welcoming people back to that convention center very soon. So thanks again, Graham. You know what? I, I kind of need you in my life, like, at least for an hour a day to, to get a bit of that optimism. <laughs> We've been losing people step to step, but Betsy, what do you have for us? Where do you see well, us? I, for those that are, are still here, thank you. And I was looking at Ruby and Shamise. I mean, again, I'm going to get emotional. White grand ladies, they smile with their eyes. So even if the lower half of their face is covered, even if there's a sneeze guard and a mask that muffles their voices, <laughs> you know, they, they will be smiling. They'll be, you know, gesturing, whatever they do. I know to, feel, to make people feel welcome. And we just have such compassionate people. You, Graham, too. <laughs> you know, on both teams that just, you know, smile with their personalities, their their words. And uh, I will let the, the, the people who are here know that Dee and I did try to investigate. We attended a Creative Mornings seminar about how this is the masker impacting uh, people who communicate with American Sign Language and that they rely on facial, you know, gestures and, and 
reading lips and things like that. And it's really going to have a impact on them. And we thought the same thing, like you're asking, Graham, how's that going to impact our visitors too, you know, if they can't see our small. So we did research because there are some clear masks available and um, that you have to buy at this time, you have to buy about 10,000 of them. And it's expensive. <laughs> So <laughs> we unfortunately couldn't get the clear mask, <laughs> but we didn't think about that. Ruby, next up is the smile mask. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, I have all faith uh, and you and the, and the fine team that they're going to just continue to exude this welcoming spirit. So I'm so grateful for everybody. I, I like this because when I, when I've asked this question before, it seems like we all have the same mindset I I was expecting a variation of the answer, but it seems that we are all united in the same spirit. And that only happens with people who like what they do. <laughs> and the idea that we, we just don't see it any other way, but the way we know how to do it. And that is motive for me to be proud of being part of this team. I know that uh, Dee told us that she is being she has been hitting some some really bad spots and she was not going to be able to give her any spoken input. But if you are able to, Dee, are you would you like to jump in and and uh, chime in in, in in that question? She must be in a spot. Okay, fantastic. Peter is back with us, and I don't know if you he, he was able to uh, hear our our question but if so uh, i'd like to hear what 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 you would tell us how do you how, how do you how do you see us doing from now on from from this moment on how, how do you see us responding to the challenge of being the welcomers the first faces of charlotte um yeah i think it's just i think it's really important um be resilient um, and to kind of live and learn and learn from situations, tough situations. Um, I think I know our team pretty well. And, uh, and if I'm, if I'm correct, I think that we are all looking forward to the challenge. And I think that we all have what it takes to make a positive out of a negative. And um, I know everyone's itching to get back in there and start helping um, guests and making everyone's um, Charlotte experience the best it can be. I know I'm looking forward to it. But I think I think um, it takes a certain mindset to be able to take a take a bad situation and make it into a good, and um, I think that's uh, going to be a challenge for us moving forward. And I, and I think we're ready to take it on. Mm-hmm. What did I tell you, man? We are like synced. <laughs> so I'd like some final words, and I'd like you to to think of the experience we've lived through. I mean, 2020, these first five months has been (laughs) sort of a horror movie, to be honest with you. As of now, I don't know that I can tell you exactly at what point of 2020 I felt like, boy, things are going well. And Peter talked about resilience. And I read a study earlier this year that one of the biggest problems, one of the main reasons there is so much depression among people who live in uh, superpower countries, in, in, in 
overdeveloped countries like ours is the fact that we have so much available to us that we underdevelop our ability to be resilient. And I think we are here to prove this study wrong. And I'd like to think that we <laughs> have not stopped evolving. Resilience is what has kept the human race alive. And having too much of what we need is not going to be that thing that will stop us from evolving as human beings. And so, again, I'd like to think that we are going, we are here to prove this study wrong and that we will continue to, to thrive in what we do, but also on a personal level that we are going to take everything that we've been through this year, learn from it, and pass on these lessons to the generation that we are ushering into tomorrow. So if you would, let me hear what you've got to say as final words, and then we'll be wrapping up. Uh, Betsy, please. Ma'am, you just said it so beautifully. We've got to have you over our, our way more often. <laughs> He's an inspirational speaker. So, D, you're on notice. We're going to borrow Graham sometimes. <laughs> but um, I, you know, words of wisdom from from all ages here in this group, and and perspectives and things like that. That yeah, we I, I love your positivity. That we're more than a study. That we can be resilient. And I and this team certainly. And I think that we do have a lot of power to pass that on to our locals and our visitors where, you know, whether they're from far away or, or just, you know, the next block over or whatever, that we can um, continue to buoy spirits and, and be that positive. And in a sense, Graham, just, it makes me think of, cause we're, we're represent Charlotte, but we're almost can represent um, just humanity right now too. I think, you know, just that positivity. And so thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, let's see, Shamiz? Okay, in, in the words of Joanna DeWalt, when we learn how to become resilient, we learn how to embrace the beautifully broad spectrum of the human experience. I'm looking forward to it. It is a hard thing that we are incurring as a, as a nation and as a world, but I do believe that we are resilient and as his words say, we, we will overcome this together. Very well. Uh, Ms. Ruby? Well, we've all had life. We all have life experiences. And then with those experiences, there's wisdom. And uh, with that, then you are able, or we should be able to move forward, adapt with a smile, and, and just know that it will be okay. There will be some... Things that we all know that there'll be some changes and that we will adapt and it will be okay. But I really would like to thank Betsy for just staying engaged. I would really would not have expected all of this, you know, when this ended. And um, 
because that's that's really has helped is that contact weekly contact and or even more frequently and being able to learn more team members um but it's it's really has been something I can look forward to it and I think that's a lot of our lives sort of stopped and so things that we look forward to we you know we had to change that so it's definitely been a positive and uh, I really do appreciate it so thank you yes thank you thank you uh Betsy uh, before I send it back, uh, send it to Peter for his final word, I'd, I'd, I'd like to read. It seems like Dee was not able to speak, but uh, she did write something. It says, we are a team who is adaptable, patient, and understanding. There will be some changes in the process that we do internally, but I have no doubt our customer service skills will always be there. So that is what Dee had to say uh, about that last question we asked. And so... Peter, final words. Sure, yeah. Uh, I just think it's important to stay positive through all of this because um, we will make it through and things will get back to normal. Um, so it's just really important for your mental health to stay positive about the whole situation. And also just a reminder for everyone that, you know, cases are rising right now, so be careful and, and everyone do your part so that we can uh, uh, get back to work as soon as possible. Um, I miss seeing your faces and uh, helping guests. And I'm just really excited for what the future has in store. Fantastic. So this is going to be in the form of a podcast and I will be able to drop it in there at some point between Thursday and Friday of the upcoming week. And don't feel like this is something, this is a temporary thing. Uh, We can do this whenever you guys want to. There are going to be happier moments. There are going to be happier episodes. But um, I do th- I do believe in the power of therapy. I-, I do believe in the power of being able to say how we're feeling, what we're feeling. And we miss each other. I know that for a fact. I cannot believe I'm saying this, but I kind of miss the airport team. Like, seriously, it's... it's- <laughs> <laughs> And I don't want to tell them that, but yeah, I miss every single one of them and the ability to, to, to come together, whether, you know, through Zoom or just listening to the ones who weren't able to join us, listening to what we have to say through this podcast is going to be uh, cathartic, I think, because I know that it sort of had this effect uh, the first episode for our uh, airport team. Uh, D is still saying some things there. Uh, I think she says challenges like these only builds our character and strength. And I think of this event this way, we will get through it and let's soak in on the experience. Ha ha ha. We miss you too, Graham. <laughs> I want to thank you all, guys. Like I've, I've enjoyed this, and I hope this experience was also enjoyable to you. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Graham. Pleasure so to much, meet you all. Graham. Thank you so much, Graham. All right. We'll be in touch. You guys have a nice, nice rest of your day. Bye, team. Bye, Graham. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good to see you all. Bye. Bye. Love you. Have a good day. <laughs>